Yo, yo, what's good? It's your boy Roy, and this is another episode of Sync Jams. Today, we have Noam Levenberg. Noam is the head of audio in Artlist. Actually, not for long, because he has started his own plugin company called Safari Pedals. But before that, he has mixed thousands of tracks for many, many people and has had a super interesting journey. We talk about mixing for sync, we talk about leaving room, and the importance of being a kid as we create. Noam has started his own plugin company called Safari Pedals, and I know they're gonna kill it because his plugins are just dope. And I'll tell the story of how I got exposed to it in the podcast, but it's just a game changer. Uh, the Gorilla Saturation is something I use for almost everything right now. I loved it so much that I reached out to Noam and I also asked him for a discount for you guys. And we got it. So link will be in the show notes. Coupon code SYNCGEMS20 will get you 20% off all plugins in the store. And without further ado, my man, Noam Levenberg. Howdy. Howdy ho. <laughs> Straight from Israel. How are you doing? Sir, I'm doing very well. It's uh, morning time here, so I'm still kind of um, in, in the coffee phase of the day. Um, how are you doing? What's going on? I'm doing great, man. I'm so grateful that you came on and that we we're having this conversation because there's so much to to cover and we had like a 20 minute conversation before this and and i'm sure we are gonna have more of these but man i want to i want to dive into your story start with your story until this point until art list until what you are doing right now and from how you got into music and your upbringing into what is happening right now Sure. So, um, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really grateful, and um, I think you have an awesome podcast. And I just actually listened this week to a few few episodes before before going on, just to kind of get in sync. Um, and I think there's a lot of really interesting topics that that you cover uh, with your guests. So, thank you for having me. Um. Yeah, so if I go like way back, I think I owe a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of my music career to my brother. Um because you know, I have an older brother and everything that he did, I wanted to do too. So, uh he started kind of messing around with a guitar and I wanted to mess around with the guitar too. <laughs> and um kind of quickly I realized I'm talking like the age of 14, 15. Um, I realized that I'm not really good at playing any instrument. And I kind of played all of them at some point. Like I tried learning the piano, tried learning the guitar, bass, um, a little bit of drums. And I didn't have the the dedication to kind of stick with a particular instrument to really deep dive into learning how to play it. But I was very dedicated 
to, towards music, towards listening to music, towards hanging out with uh, musicians and bands around me. Um, so I kind of gradually moved into just trying to record the rehearsals, record uh, live shows and stuff like that for like local bands. Um, and I fell in love with audio. I, I was just so curious and I felt like I can sit around for days kind of learning about what a microphone does, um, what is sound in general, how do you make something sound great, you know? Um, so I really went, went into that path at a very, very early age and got an internship in a, in a studio around 15, 16 uh, years old. Um, so to be honest, it's kind of been my only kind of uh, job in life, <laughs> anything audio related. And I went through everything. I mean, doing live shows, uh, recording bands, mixing bands. Before that, being an intern, like being a coffee getter or a sandwich getter in a, in a large studio facility. Um, and at some, at some point around, I would say like uh, five years ago or six years ago, I got to a point where I was mixing a lot of, of music, um, but I always felt like there's something else I want to do. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to leave the kind of music space. Um, and then I got approached by Artlist to uh, start in, in audio department in the company and I actually knew nothing about like sync um, or, or music libraries for, for video or anything of that nature because I was um, very much into mainly mixing rock bands or indie musicians and at that point uh, as well as working with, with some labels but it was always like 100% music related there was nothing to do with with video um so i i didn't know artlist when they contacted me i went on the website and it and it was like oh there's a whole world here that i i know nothing of you know what i mean like people subscribe to like they pay a subscription to get license free music what does that mean started reading about it started looking at like competitors in that space and and was really curious to kind of dig in um so basically they contacted me to start uh to start uh audio department in the company and um i didn't really know what it meant <laughs> at first but uh I, I knew there would be like mixing and mastering involved so I, I was in and, and at the same time, I, I felt like I was at a point in my career where I was looking for a new challenge because I was mixing every day, but um, I, I was looking for like the next thing that I want to do. Um, so, yeah, that was, I think, 2019, I would say. Um, started the audio department at Artlist. We slowly built it up, so I was lucky enough to kind of be involved in a company where when it was relatively small, it was already like a 
a big operating company, but not as big as now. And um, we basically deal with anything audio related for art lists. So that, that means we do all the mixing, mastering. We do some of the recording projects. Um, we also do like all the post-production work for all the commercials. We do sound effects, uh, curation, mixing, mastering for sound effects that are on the site. And we also do a lot of um, like audio advice for the company. So like helping find the best streamer possible or helping customers with their issues in audio related stuff. And yeah, it's been a crazy journey. Mm. So yeah, you, you, you were talking about not knowing so many things about the audio for picture. Right. I'd love to, I'd love for you to expand on that before we get into what Artlist does and how they do it different from others. I think um, the, the first point worth mentioning is when you're kind of producing, mixing, mastering audio for like just a, a, a regular music project that's going to like stream on Spotify and uh, Apple Music, etc. You're trying to fill the whole picture. So you're trying to give, uh, you know, the listener an experience that is complete uh, just with the music that you're working on. But when you do a, a you know, a production or a mix or a master uh, for for sync or for a, a song that's like 100% going to land on some kind of, of video or um, commercial, etc. The, the music is not 100% of the picture. So you're always going to have to leave room for sound effects, you're having, you'll have to leave room for voiceover, obviously. And um, it changes the whole perception of what you're trying to achieve because um, there's a, a completely like different approach and different goal towards your, like where you're aiming it to be. Um, and, and I find like that, you know, the, the biggest like cinematic music that you, you hear in feature films and stuff um, sounds, it sounds amazing. Like I, I love the way it sounds, but it sounds so much different than what you compare like to just music that was created for people listening to the actual music itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. But how, yeah, so so what you're speaking to is making space. But I'm interested in, in, in something, something that came up because there's a lot of artists that actually broke through sync, right? Right. Um, so do you feel like they did it differently? I know that, that some of them do it intentionally for, for sync, but people like, let's say Lizzo or someone, someone like that, what, how is it, how does that fit into this realm? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, first of all, I think that like we're in an age where everything goes. So, <laughs> so um, there's like a lot of ways to get to the to the end point of like giving uh, a listener or or a viewer a particular experience. Um, but I, I also think that, um, even if it's like, like an artist, like you mentioned, like Lizzo, um, if you kind of dig deep in and, and try and find kind of the, the reasoning of why it works so well for, for sync, there's a lot of reasons to it. I mean, I, I feel like, um, artists that, really break through in sync deals or, or like appear in a lot of uh, video-oriented material, I think it has to do with the feeling that that particular artist can kind of connect to or relate. So in the, like the Lizzo example, the first time I, I heard her, I think, was like on a radio. And I didn't know how she looks or I didn't know like any identity of her as an artist but there was a, a specific vibe that I got from listening to like the first five seconds of the song which was like feeling great energetic like really positive feeling like loving yourself kind of thing and that was like five seconds so if she can make me feel that way in five seconds that's obviously like a really powerful um, thing for a brand because if you want to make somebody feel really powerful and energetic and great in a in a 10 second commercial and you put a song like that on the commercial that makes a huge difference you know what i mean mm, wow so you're you're speaking to creating a feel but you're also speaking to leaving room so i mean let's say you have uh, i'm a composer that loves making epic crazy things how can i how can I keep that in check in order for it to fit into this uh, um, the sync realm, I guess? I think the first thing, which might sound pretty obvious, but like listening to a lot of material um, submitted, submitted to Artlist, I can tell you is not like a common practice. Um, but for me, it, it it's like a no-brainer is to just try and leave room in the mix and in the mastering process. Like try and 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 have some headroom. Don't smash the master like to to make it just sound extremely loud. That's the the first point I would point out to you know people working on music dedicated to sync. Um, and then I think. Another thing to consider is the fact that sometimes like there's this like authenticity that sometimes is missing from from music that is created 100% for sync. So again going back to the like the Lizzo example or like other artists when Lizzo was in the studio creating her track I'm positive I don't I don't know but I'm I'm pretty positive that she didn't have, like, in mind making it for a film. She was just making music. And something about that process is so real, and, and I feel like 
easier to relate to when you're listening to it than um, music that was purely made for a, for a deal or for, for a submission or for like somebody that's making it for sync. And um, that's a little bit like, it's a little bit difficult because, you know, how can you kind of switch <laughs> or, or try and, and make it for the actual music? But um, I feel like sometimes you can, you can hear like the dedication or you can hear like what people were like focused on when they're making the music. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting what you were saying. I was speaking uh, last week with my, my good friend. Uh, his name is Sigurd. And uh, I, was, I was speaking to him about, about being, uh, bringing ex- expression forward in a world that is so, I don't want to, I'm going to say it, that, that is a, a plastic, like that is everything is for a reason for that. And, and I feel like for me, it was a learning curve. So right. it was, I did music for sync. It sounded like shit for a while, but then I took the skills that I've had before, which I'm, I'm sure you've done as well in your, in your experience from mixing, mastering all these records. And now it's a transferable skill you can take into your mixing and mastering for sync, which is for, for me, it was like, I've made a whole bunch of instrumentals that were kind of, soulless let's say but then right. something clicked in me and i could put my personality into it and i think that's exactly. the, that's the biggest thing it's like uh, um it's like practicing an instrument you're practicing doing something you're practicing mixing mastering you you're mastering the craft you're becoming really good at it until it clicks for me for you and then you don't have to be in these set of rules you can bring in your 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 twist into it yeah absolutely I, th- I think I think the combination is the the most powerful like when when you go through like what you were describing and uh kind of like once you have the feeling of like right I know what to do I have those set of skills and now I can just be me and express myself uh I think that's the best point to be at but um It does take a lot of time to get to that point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I'm, I'm, I've been raving about Rick Rubin's book. I don't know if you read it, The, the Creative Act. Uh, I just started reading it. Oh, my God. Bro, it's, it's, I'm buying it for my friend. To, to, every, every friend of mine, I'm going to buy this for their birthday. It's just like, <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a magical book. I actually got it as a gift from, uh, from a really close friend. Um, Yeah, I'm really th- I'm really thankful for getting same. it. And same, yeah. same here. I got it from a friend, a really close friend, and uh, and I'm gonna gift it back to him very soon. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 amazing thing about this book, I'm I'm not gonna spoil the whole thing for you, but he speaks about uh, about being a child in making music and 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 remembering that the purpose is release. In right. the end of the day, and people, let's say, uh, 
um, singers in the beginning, when they start, they just they they can imitate a singer for a while until they just find their lane. Sometimes they don't. Like the, it it also happens where uh, yeah. pe- people are just st- trying to sound like the next. And this has been talked about a lot in the podcast where people are trying to consciously be the next, which is a bad trap to go into because it can sure. it can create a lot of depression in my opinion because you're trying to imitate somebody that is not you and and not become you're trying to imitate someone as opposed to becoming the best version of what you can do and 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 Rick Rubin talks about it he is like you you are you will be in these in, in these rules for a while in these con- constraints until something really real comes out and then mm. that's what actually people will fall in love with and that's what i preach in this podcast i mean and i'm sure that's what made you succeed as a, a mixing and mastering engineer because people were looking for your twist they were looking for they were trusting you and trusting your angle to do what you do best i think i think it's a really interesting point because um in a way i i to- i completely agree And I, I also agree about like being a, a, a child. <laughs> um, I always kind of preach that like people a lot, a lot of times um, during my uh, mixing or mastering or um, students that I, I uh, taught in, in college, because uh, I, I did a mixing course for eight years in college. So people all, a lot of times ask me like, why do you use, this and not that or why did you do this and not that um and to be honest like yes there are some examples where i can explain it but there are some sometimes where i just um felt like doing something crazy or wanted to express myself and just you know pull up A crazy distortion on I don't know like on string on a string section or something like that and um, it's like that kind of childish uh, mentality or, or behavior that I, I feel like is really expressive and you can really be yourself when you're not kind of thinking about how to properly do a specific task but on the other hand, Like what you mentioned about um, um, kind of coming to someone for a specific sound, um, I think it's it's interesting because I, I also have a different perspective um, about that because as as an engineer, I feel like my job is not to really um, go crazy and express myself. But rather to kind of help the artist reach his his or her full potential and helping her to kind of express herself or him his self to the fullest and um i I got that realization like at, at a certain point in mixing because like you know how a lot of times you'll send. a mix to someone you'll, you'll be like hey can you mix this song for me and like the normal kind of way to doing it is the mixing engineer will will sit by himself and work on a project and then send it back to the client that's like a very 
common practice, right? Um, so I did that for, for many years. But at some point, I realized that it's that like something's not working in this equation because I'm basically guessing what the artist wants. You know what I mean? Like I'm basically guessing what he's trying to do, and I'm trying to kind of make it bigger or make it like more audible to to the listener. Um, so after like I had. I had a specific month, to be honest, that there was like a lot of rejects on the mixes. And one of the rejects was like a project that I really wanted to work on. And we did we did uh, two or three songs and it was part of an album. So out of the three songs that I mixed, they ended up picking one of the one of the songs and they paid me for the other three or other two. But um, they didn't put it on the record. So I kind of, I, I took it kind of to, to a place where I want to improve. I want to learn like why they didn't like this mix. And they did take like a different approach with, the, with, with another mix or a mixing engineer. So I ended up calling this uh, producer and saying, hey, would you mind like maybe coming to the studio and sitting with me to, to just show me like, you know, why you picked the other mix and just have a conversation about it. And he was really open to, to showing up. And when I was sitting with him in the studio, I came to a really big realization that um, I don't want to mix remotely anymore <laughs> because having someone in the studio with you is so different than mixing by yourself and guessing. Because when you have someone next to you, he can tell you right on the spot, like, bro, I don't like the drums sounding that fat or I want it to hit more like this or like that or let's listen to a reference, you know what I mean? And in a way, I feel like, um, like in my past when I was mixing mostly, that was kind of my shtick. My shtick was having people come to the studio and just, doing the mix in a way together like i would i would be driving the bus but he would tell me where to drive the bus and i think that's like a amazing amazing feeling for me it felt like a very big accomplishment because i was able to for fulfill um like whatever the artist wanted because technically i had all the i had the technical skills that wasn't the issue the issue was um making it connect with whatever the artist wanted it to be um yeah yeah i mean it's a people's business right and and for sure and, and i feel like i need to i need to go back to what i was saying because what i was saying was more for artists where an artist finds their identity and then when you're a label you know what they can give you and yeah. you know like i've uh, it happened to me where a label came came to me for one thing and I came up uh, the back door. I came out the back door with like a, a, a piano instrumental that I've made, and they're right. like, "Oh, you can do that as well." So I mean, the the technical skills and the skills that you you have, in my opinion, that I have, they are my opening. 
right. to this different world. Like when artists, uh, artists approached you, they didn't know you can do the what you ended up doing, right? They yeah, took a yeah, bet on you. Absolutely. So, yeah, sure. so I feel like that's that's where I I. I connect myself I, I correct myself if I wasn't wasn't clear about it but something interesting that comes is first of all mixing with people wow I'm I, I it's <laughs> it took it took me a moment to process because again I don't know artists that go into the studio for a mix I don't know them and yeah and yeah, for me, it's as somebody who mixes. Sometimes I'm like, I like to be in my zone, but I just love what you're saying. It's the feeling. It's how. It's how. Yeah, I see Rick Rubin also works. Like he's with the artist in all these critical moments of release True. of of something happening in the studio. These are the magic moments, and these are the moments that create the song. And, and sometimes you know, like for for doing like doing it for for uh, a few years. Um, mixing with people in the studio and I, I would be like very persistent about it I would I would say to artists like look if you want to work with me you have to come to the studio um, either you or, or or someone who's like in charge of the project you know um, and you you get to these moments where sometimes you can talk just have a really awesome conversation with someone for I'm not kidding like for an hour and a half and then the mix is kind of done by itself because you already know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you know the guy, you know what, what he wants to do with this song, you know why he wrote it, you know, you know um, the moment in time where he's kind of aiming to uh, showcase or, or uh, kind of picture and um, you just do it in, in a few minutes, actually. Um, and I think, in a way, that's that's why I stopped mixing, too, because <laughs> um, <clears throat> I I really believe in that method and that way of working, and it's just it's been really difficult with uh, with COVID and people not coming to the studio and working with with um, people from other countries. So I did a few like projects where I I flew to wherever to to do a mix <clears throat> but um it's not something that you can kind of depend your career on um but yeah magical moments in the studio that's a big part of why we do what we do i guess or or me at least i don't know a hundred percent a hundred percent and and yeah it looks like for me it's it's definitely missing but when it happens it's just like there's there's a completely different. It just fills up the heart. It's just like a week of a week, a week's worth of dopamine yeah. in my in my brain. It's like, it's crazy. I, I and those are those are usually like the real the most real points. Like if we go back to what we were talking about earlier, like I feel like those are the parts where like if you're not an actual musician, if you're like a service provider, so to speak, or like a uh, engineer or a mixer or a mastering guy. Those are the moments where <clears throat> you can actually, I feel, express yourself to the fullest because you're really in the moment of the song or the project and not just have it as like this um, 
task of like, I need to make it loud. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. Uh, and, and, and that's why I'm, I'm planning on doing something, uh, something where people, where composers get together and, and uh, for a few days or a week, uh, I'm thinking of actually here in Bali, because I know a lot of places and just like setting up shop in, in a bungalow in the middle of the jungle or something like that. And just a week, a weekend, just like doing it and completely not being connected to the outside world, but just being able to connect and, and do it together. Because yes, I know a lot of people, especially in this world and in, in the sync world where it's, it's missing for them. So, uh, um, yeah, for sure. You should do it. Yeah, do I it. will. I will. Uh, you were talking about art list and we, we were speaking to how their model is, is different. So how, how do you, how do you define what, what Artlist does after doing over 6,000 uh, masters for them? <laughs> I think, first of all, just, just a note on, on what you said. Um, there, there were a lot of masters, but um, I, I couldn't have done it by myself. So it's, it's really a team effort. Like my, my team of audio engineers are amazing. Uh, individuals and I really, really appreciate them. Um, but um, yeah, what's different about Artlist? That's a good question. I think that there's a few points to mention. Um, first of all, first of all, I think the curation at Artlist is crazy good if you compare it to like other libraries. Um, both like coming into the library. Uh, what I mean by that is like they pick and choose projects that they know that that people are searching for on the website and not only that but they actually really work hard on making sure that it's up the standard of both like the, the uh, like the, the musicianship and also like audio wise I can really say that we give it uh, like a, a really proper um, audio processing chain, which means that um, if a project needs uh, something re-recorded or, or a project needs, you know, an actual studio to, re to record the project in, we do that. Um, we'll, we'll really like 100% mix it, mix it with the artist, make sure that the artist is happy first. Um, and then uh, master it. So we really take care of the audio. But also, I mean, if you go back to, to other parts of the company, so there's a really big uh, A&R team that does all the selections and the relationship with the artists, I think, are, is, is very close, um, I feel at least. Um, and then also the curation on the site. So as a user, if you kind of, try and search for something there's a lot of really sophisticated kind of suggestions and filters and ways to find music um like in an instance and i feel like something that i i learned from uh from working with all the uh teams in artlist is some people go on the site and or in general look for a song as a video creator and they don't specifically know how to like 
typecast what they're looking for. So they wouldn't know like, oh, I'm looking for a classical piece with acoustic guitar. You know what I mean? They're just looking for a vibe. Um, so the curation on the site is so powerful. Like you can, you can choose categories that are, are video related and not like music related. So for example, you can go and type instead of like, um, like a genre or, or an instrument, you can, you can type in like, you know, hopeful love and then maybe a a video theme like hopeful love travel or like technology and each one of those will show you a totally different uh, list of songs and i just think that's a really cool perspective because a lot of times coming from the music world you're like what is uh (laughs) what is a i don't know like a landscape video theme song sound like or i don't know like um what is a (laughs) a mysterious trailer sound like you know yeah so so what i hear you're you're saying that they have an all-round um a team that gives uh an all-round experience user experience for somebody who is trying to look for something yeah yeah for sure they they spend a lot of time and energy on like making sure that um users can get both both what they're looking for and also like inspiration and and new things that they might not consider um to begin with but might be really cool for their project so yeah. And and I also think like it's worth mentioning that um the artists on the site, I mean, there's there's a, a few different models, but in general, like the, the artists on the site um have, you know, uh released music usually on, on the platforms and stuff. So it's not like music made for, for stock or anything like that. It's it's mostly just like real musicians doing uh real projects and releasing it on artlist um as well as on spotify and other streamers so that's another difference because if you go on a lot of competitors site you'll find like this kind of stocky um music that you know like the second you listen to it you know that it it was made just to fill in a gap you know Mm -hmm. what i mean I mean, but the model that Artlist uses is is pretty different from other models of libraries who do uh, who do who have sync fees, who have all these things. They do it with a blanket license, right? Like there's it's different in royalties, and then there's no upfront of obviously because it's a it's a it's a blanket fee. So how do how do artists profit from it yeah that's that's a really good question um first i'll 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 give you a disclaimer <laughs> i'm not a hundred percent like uh you know the the person uh to be talking about this subject because it's not my area of expertise but i i, I will tell you that um 
uh, there are a few different models, but basically, I feel like artist artlist is um, working more like an actual music label than all these other um, you know sync libraries in a sense that um, artlist will usually uh, it depends if it's a if it's a original artless production or it's coming from a external licensing uh, deal but in general if it's a if it's an original artless production artless will be the like distributor of the song in all the different platforms and stuff so the artist will get uh, royalties not only from the site but also from all the other platforms and all the other um, places that it's it's uh, showcased in and I think that that's something really like powerful for musicians especially musicians that um, release music regularly um, by themselves because you can kind of see what we call the artlist effect which is people releasing music on the site and then we we release it on on other platforms and uh it's it's kind of crazy because our our clients like the video creators will you know use that music in sync and then people actually like shazam it or look for that song and find the artist so it's a really powerful tool for for musicians i think to to get exposure to get known and also to get royalties from all these different like platforms and stuff so mm. pretty cool yeah 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 i i know that a lot of my friends tracks are getting discovered on tiktok and things like that a lot by people with yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i hear you so you've you've moved on from art list and True. And you've moved to to do your own thing and yep and what 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 does that mean <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm actually in my last kind of few weeks uh, as a as a head of audio at artlist, and I'm moving on sadly because I love. I love Artlist. I love the people at Artlist, and I feel grateful to uh, for for these past years. But um, I'm starting a plugin company called Safari Pedals. We do, oh, or actually I <laughs> do, because there's no other partners in the company yet. But um, I do um, audio plugins as well as hardware. So it's a really new kind of. Uh, adventure for me and um i feel like it really relates to what we were talking about earlier about like being yourself and being real and trying to express yourself and um and sticking to what you really love and be- being honest to yourself you know what i mean because i felt like i had a really great job and it was really interesting for a few years but um at the same time i had this dream of like doing plugins and and expressing myself in different ways um and uh yeah i just tried to stay honest with myself and and kind of uh 
move to a, a new path and start something exciting. Hopefully it's something sustainable. I'm not sure yet, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, the, just something that came up is, you know, the, the unknown is where growth happens. It doesn't matter if it's going to be the most successful thing or not. It feels like you're, you're something that's a, a theme in your life is you are open to change. You're open to receiving and doing, uh, and doing different things. And that to totally. me is that to me is the beauty of it. It's not. I hope it is sustainable for you, and also, it's a testament. It's a testimony or a test, whatever, whatever this word is. Fill in the <laughs> blank. It's it's a it's a testimony to to how to what person you are, and I feel like that's it's. When you speak, it's kind of it's it's a person I want to support, and that's how I do business, and also how I how I uh, choose who I want to be in relationship with. They have to be people that are that don't think in only one direction, right? And and to me, the fact that you're going for it like this. That's the coolness of it. That's where the growth happens. So anyway, just like a hippie remark. But another thing is... Uh, no, thanks, man. I, to I totally agree. I mean, it's like you, you have to have some kind of risk and unknown to, unknown to, uh, to move forward, I feel. Yeah. At least in my yeah. and, experience. And the, the biggest thing is... I mean, it's so, it's so easy for me to just be in my comfort, you know, make... The, the the another track for the library just do that the the whole rinse and repeat thing but then right if i don't if i don't open it up for something else if i don't start with a new template if i don't put in a, a new plugin if i don't do i don't know if i don't do something different it's fucking boring that's the yeah. truth it's it's it becomes boring because Yes, it's how how long can you do the same exact thing in the same ways? How how long can you do that? I don't I don't know. Like in art, it feels like it's not sustainable. I also think that it's like it's like one thing leads to another. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're not honest about like doing something that you love, then how can other people listen to it or or look at it if it's art and say like, oh? this is something cool. Like this is something I can relate to. If you're, if you yourself are bored in the process of doing it, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly try to like, I know it's maybe this whole conversation sounds like cliche, but, um, I'm, <laughs> but I, I'm, you know, I'm honestly trying to wake up every morning and the second I wake up, I want to be, pumped and, and and enthusiastic towards like my day of doing things because otherwise what is the purpose of waking up in the morning you know what i mean 100%. if you're if you're not stoked about what you're going to do yeah i mean and i was talking to this uh about this with a friend actually who just has been through a, a, a rough patch lately and i I would say I agree and disagree on the fact that I have to be pumped every day, but <laughs> but because because it's just not a realistic expectation for me of myself, 
Mm. That being said, to be able to show up, to be motivated enough to show up to to the mixing desk or to whatever I'm doing, to the com- composition, to to my my blank slate, that is right. the essential. And if I don't have that, then I'm fucked. But yeah, and to me, that's yeah, how I mean, it works. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Sorry. I, I mean, um, you're you're absolutely right. I also think that there's like very different types of people. Um, but um, yeah. I honestly do <laughs> wake up every morning and like come to the studio and be like, "Wow, I can't believe that this is what I." that this is what my day is full, filled with like i'm i'm grateful for for having all the things that i have in life but um but yeah you're absolutely right some people um like just have a different kind of uh <laughs> set of 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 motivation or different perspective of looking at things yeah yeah I agree. my my uh my friend was telling me about your plugins and the way that he spoke about it he I was to, I was telling him I'm looking for a saturator that's how it went down I've, I forgot about it before I was telling him I'm, right. I'm looking for a good saturator I'm thinking of getting the Abbey Road from waves which is dope but and he was saying oh my 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 friend started making these amazing plugins that you should try and I'm like oh, well what what do you use them on and he says uh, I, I put that I, I put the gorilla on the master and I'm like what what you put the you, you put it this you distort the master he's like I just put it a little bit it just gives it a, a, a different taste and then today I was uh, um, given another another uh, assignment from a label that I'm working with on a big track and they were I mean big epic and right. they were saying, no, nah, we need something in the mix master there. So I, I actually got the plugin last week. I tried it on a bunch of vocals. It, it, it did its magic to me. But today I tried it on a master and it was like, oh, my God, it actually stuck things together, which is so weird to, to expect from a single plugin. And I don't usually. But this is what it did. And it was uh, it's just like the proof was in the pudding kind of thing where I, I just felt something from the way that he said, oh, I put it on the master like it's obvious. And then I just <laughs> took it to, I mean, a trailer track and, and just blasted it on and, and tried the different presets. And there's about six or seven. I don't know how many presets there are right now, but it just, it feels like you've you've done something that, that can fit anything thing in a way and, Thanks, and yeah and and it just it just uh it's one of the the reasons we're having this conversation is because i was completely blown away by by both of them actually they're so creative and so uh visual and i love visual plugins thanks man i, I really appreciate it i mean for me um I, i'm really happy that you 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 say that um uh, it works on a lot of different types of uh of tracks um there's a lot of things going under the hood like i kind of my whole like approach towards like doing these plugins is taking all the things that i love in in other plugins or pedals or or analog gear and trying to kind of stick them all into to one so when you kind of 
use the Gorilla Drive, it it in a way it it changes based on uh, the input that it's getting. So it makes sense that it it can work on different types of of uh, instruments and stuff. Um, and um, yeah, the the time machine is actually even crazier in terms of like the things that happen behind the behind the knobs. There's like um, there's like a wow effect, like a tape thing, and there's um, there's LFO going around there, and it's pretty crazy. You should try um, taking the same track, duplicating it, and then um, listening to two of the same time machine presets on and then you'll hear like the shift of what happens in in terms of like uh the randomness and stuff as in soloing them or as in putting them together no you can like one thing that i i found that i really like doing with the time machine is like taking the same track like let's say a, a vocal or or a guitar and putting one one track on the left side and and the other track on the right side and just Check it out. It's it's pretty crazy. That's wild. <laughs> I'll try it today because I, I haven't tried this one. You've told me about that. It, but uh it's crazy weird. It's crazy weird too. It's not like a typical sound. Like you I don't know. I was surprised when I tried it the first time. I was like, oh. And I, I think that's like one of the, the cool things about my kind of experience with the with the whole creating plugins thing is um I'm I'm totally new to it and I didn't realize like how different people will use it in different ways. So like the preset thing, for example, I actually didn't plan on putting presets at all because I, myself, I never use presets, especially in like plugins that are like three knobs. So so I didn't think about the, the, the whole, the whole uh, preset thing. And then when I sent it, like I sent the the prototype to a friend, he was like, "Dude, you don't have any presets here." And I was like, oh, "Do people actually use presets?" And then, <laughs> and then I spent like a lot of time thinking about what the presets should sound like and what I wanted to sound like. And I realized that, like, okay, I'll do some presets, but I don't want to like oversaturate it with like you know. 200 presets like you get sometimes and you get kind of confused of like you know oh why are there so many presets to this thing um so i try to make it like kind of minimal but have it fit every type of like application that i could i could think of so it's pretty cool hearing you know you saying that you played around with presets and, and oh, yeah, enjoy man, them that because that eat a banana preset on <laughs> on the gorilla. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yeah. There's, yeah. There's, it's I, I'm I'm still I'm still I'm still using it every day since we've since I've bought it. Uh, was it last week or the, I, I'm using it every day and I'm still figuring it out. But it it's just so cool to see a um, a plugin with layers and that is simple enough because. Again, when I take uh, uh, no hate, but when I take a, uh, I have a lot of waves plugins. But when right. I use them, they have like three thousand presets in them. I can't exactly. even get to the middle of the yeah. vocals only one because it's just it, it, there are so many, as opposed to giving me a starting p- place 
to work yeah. with, I feel like it's just creating a bit of confusion for me. And that's what I love about it is that there's so little and right. yet it, 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 I found that it worked on whatever I was doing. So, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I also feel like it does relate again to, to what we were discussing in the beginning of the podcast. It were like, I want it to be like childish and funny and like not serious and just like having a place to express yourself. That's why I called it actually Safari Pedals too, is like I was trying to find the name that was funny and, and just kind of give you a, a childish uh, perspective on, on whatever the product is. And then it came to me where I was like, okay, Safari Pedals, and then I can call the plugins animals. And also in my like kind of thinking of it, it I, I was like, you can kind of bring out whatever animal you are. You know what I mean? There's like, all, like this like stupid kind of kids game where like every person needs to say what kind of animal he is, you know? Um, or like, you know how there's a lot of times like, Bro, you look like a turtle. <laughs> I look like a squirrel. Yeah, a lot of you do. When I do this, yeah, like, yeah, I get that. I get that. But uh, you, you kind of look like a squirrel. I can, I can relate to that. People yeah. used to always call me a giraffe, but I, I a giraffe. Know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say, I would say, yeah, that's a turtle, bro. It's not a giraffe. What are you Maybe talking? Maybe I about? am a turtle. You are. Totally I love turtles. Yeah, you should have a turtle reverb where it sounds like you're in a shell. <laughs> wow, that's a really cool idea. Yo, please give me that's 20%. Cool. But sure. <laughs> There's a flamingo verb coming out, hey, which is going to be insane. That's what's up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for this to come out because I'm going I'm to I'm grab it the second it comes out. Um, awesome. We also we have, a, we have a discount code for the, for the listeners. Yeah, for sure. So, so um, basically, if you want to check out safaripedals.com, you can go on and um, type in Sync Gems 20 and you'll get 20% off on uh, everything. <laughs> Sync Gems 20 in the checkout. That's sick. So they'll get 20% off. Yeah. That's what's yeah, up. I'll, sure. I'll, leave, I'll leave the links in the show notes. Is there, before we, we, we wrap it up, is there any last piece of advice you want to, to leave composers and people who are listening to this with? I think this whole, this whole conversation was about like being like real to yourself and, and uh, just kind of expressing yourself with honesty. And um, I, I really believe that like if you have good intentions and you're trying to be yourself and express yourself with honesty, things will, will work out. That's my two cents in life to everyone listening. <laughs> and to myself, like you, you need to remind yourself sometimes, like, when you're like in a cross point and you're like, I can go this way or that way, which way should I go? And I think the right way is, is um, going with your heart and uh, with what you feel is, 
is right, regardless to what everybody else is saying. Because, like, most of my life, people told me that whatever my decision was, it was a bad idea. You know, like, people that I love and care for said, like, oh, don't do music. There's no money in it. And then don't do, uh, don't take a big, like, uh, investment and build a studio. Nobody's going to come. Don't stop mixing and start working at, in a company you won't like it blah 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 don't start a plugin company that's crazy there's so many plugins so i don't know i'm i'm just into uh doing what feels right to me and uh being honest to myself yeah i mean <laughs> i mean yeah man it's it's from 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 what you are saying is something. One thing comes up before we we close the 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 basta. Sure. Um, that something that came up was that no artist on their journey was that that actually persists with with artistry has not had a a at least one time where they were they were told not to do what they're doing. Sure. And it's interesting because <clears throat> I don't think in in tech it's the same. Like there are there are jobs that that are there are things that are just considered as successful, like a doctor or something like that, you know, or, or things that mm, people doubt less than than art. Right. And I feel like that's the motivation to go on to actually be able to prove oneself that I am doing the right thing for me and and everyone who says differently just doesn't understand what moves me right so right. yeah man huge huge reminder for anyone anyone listening to this and where can people find you and talk to you and whatnot I'm totally open for any conversation so you can find me either at um LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram under uh, Nam Levenberg I'll link or contact I'll me link through uh, Safari Pedals. So. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he, he answers there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nam, thanks so much for coming on, man. I, I, I'm sure we're going to meet when I come to Israel for sure. Yeah, man. Um, come by the studio. I would love to meet you in person and, and thank you for the opportunity for being in the podcast, on the podcast. Fuck yeah. I had such a good time with Noam and I'm going to meet him when I go to Israel next month. Feeling super blessed. Again, coupon code SYNCGEMS20 gets you 20% off all the plugins in Safari Pedals. So go ahead, press the link in the show notes, and you're really gonna thank me for this because these are amazing plugins. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and got value out of it, feel free to share it with anyone. Also, feel free to review it and rate it on your platform and yeah we'll catch you on the next one peace, peace.